Welcome to another edition of Project 45 Podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm Michael. And we're your hosts for this hour, hour and a half show, however long we decide this one's going to be. Um, our topics of discussion tonight, we're going to talk about the comments made by Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, this week uh, as far as uh, the supposedly racist comments and the battle between the squad, AOC, and her... Uh, three amigos. Uh, Michael's going to give a little bit of commentary about the Apollo 11 and the moon landing, uh, a, a subject that's near or lack thereof. Yeah, lack thereof. A subject that is near and dear to his precious little heart. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to get right to it. Uh, the, it's been a back and forth battle this week between uh, AOC uh, and the three amigos that uh, hang around with her. Uh, the media, I think we got up this morning, we watched Fox Sunday edition. With Fox, or, uh, Fox, Fox News Sunday or something like that, Chris. With Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace, yeah. Uh, total flake. I mean, he spent the last, he spent the, he spent the greater part of the hour uh, with Stephen Miller, the interview with Stephen Miller. Basically defending the fact that Trump is a, is a racist. And a racist, yeah. regardless of whatever argument that Stephen Miller had. Chris Wallace was was pumping the fact that uh, President Trump is a racist and his comments of uh, that Il well, Elon went, Omar. No, no, we got to start at the beginning because he went back to 2014 and before during the 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 I guess the birther movement I guess that's what they called it with uh, President Obama and they pulled some tweets he had pulled some tweets. Uh, from him about um, uh, uh, talking about when that President Obama wasn't an American citizen, wasn't born in the United States, criticizing Obama, and basically Chris Wallace was trying to drive the point that his comments in 2014 were equivalent to the com to the comments of Ilan Omar and. Uh, AOC and Rashida Tlaib and the whole squad uh, that they were as racist or anti-American as what they said. And he also tried to equate uh, the fact that um, Trump questioning whether uh, President Obama was a, an American citizen was racist, which I don't find that racist at all. Uh, and one of the one of the things that is coming to light here, and and I've heard other people say it, and and uh, I'll just go ahead and say it is that any time that a white person, because you know, white man bad, is basically the the whole gist of the commentary today, um, that any time a white person uh, criticizes a black person, you're racist. You can't say anything negative or can't criticize at all a brown person. But um, 
they brought up something on Fox News Sunday that was interesting that I think the uh, Congresswoman Presley said that if you're brown, you talk like a brown person. If you're black, you talk like a black person. In my opinion, that's racist. You're categorizing and you say you have to fit into this category. And only brown people can talk like brown people. Only black people can talk like black people. But we all know that Hillary Clinton talked like a black person. Uh, she got some hot sauce in her pocketbook. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, everywhere she goes, she has hot sauce in her. She's pocket got hot sauce. Well, that's racist. That's racist. That is racist. Well, I think I think the or, left, excuse me, that's not racist. It's not racist. It's stereotypical. It's stereotypical. I, I think racism is a word that has a powerful meaning, and I think it's one that, that the left is throwing around. But let's play the comments that you were talking about uh, with uh, Representative Presley. Uh, I think this was some kind of educational forum or some kind of forum uh, going on between her and the three amigos. But we'll we'll listen a little bit about uh, with her comments. You know that that you talked about. I mean, you're basically sitting here telling people uh, to get in line based on your skin color, and that's to, right to deviate from your from. You know, a preconceived narrative or a notion that, you know, a category that a certain ethnic group is supposed to fall in, then you're somehow not brown, black, green, red, whatever. So let's just listen to the comments and we'll, we'll go from there. Sorry, we're having technical difficulty. I if we can get the comments to play here. Hang on one second. Here we go. All right, we just had our volume. What I want to say, each what these women have done up here. Yes, I do quote Shirley Chisholm a lot. Uh, who said, "If they don't give you a seat at the table, bring your own folding chair." But I've amended that because I don't want to bring a chair to an old table. This is the time to shake the table. This is the time to redefine that table. Because if you're going to come to this table, and if all of you that have aspirations of running for office, for whatever lived experience and identity that you represent, if you are not prepared to come to that table and to represent that voice, don't come. Because we don't need any more brown faces that don't want to be a brown voice. We don't need black faces that don't want to be a black voice. We don't need Muslims that don't want to be a Muslim voice. We don't need queers that don't want to be a queer voice. And if you're worried about being marginalized and stereotyped, please don't even show up. Because we need you to represent that voice. The midterm election of 2018, they spoke a lot about each of our magic. I would never give short shrift to any of our magic, but this is work. And we put it in every day. And, and so the last thing I want to say is that, yes, because they are coming, this is a coordinated attack. Reproductive justice is certainly a part of that. It is coordinated. Um, they've been playing the long. So, I mean, what you got there, I mean, basically... Is she sitting here saying that if, you know, you're brown or black or queer or, you know, whatever, uh, you're basically got to fall in line with the viewpoints of these four people right here. And, uh, you know, you can't be black and be conservative. You can't be black and not uh, 
you know, fall into the category of certain issues that they're fighting for. You know, and, and really that goes back to a complete victimization of any minority. You're going to sit here and say that because of the color of your skin, you're limited in America, which is it's not a factual statement to this day. It might have been a factual statement during slavery. It might have been a factual statement, uh, you know, 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, I'll I give you a little bit of that credit. But in 2019, there's just not the systemic racism that these people want you to believe in. And they're trying to tell you this because racist, the word racist and the word racism is such a powerful word that when you hear it, it you know, it, it, it's something that grabs your attention and stops you in your track. But she's going to sit here and tell you that, you know, if you're black, you should you should be a black voice and you should fall in line because you're black. You should fall in line because you're Muslim. You should fall in line because you're queer. But if you're white, you don't have the right to have a right or a, a, a viewpoint as a white person. You don't have the right to have an opinion as a white person. You don't have any rights as a white person in, in government. You don't get a voice. Because... What the, what the Democratic Party has done and they're so good at is taking people and creating these categories. You've got the LGBTQ. It's a victim class. Right. right. So it's, it's ultimately a class of victims. which got LGBTQ, which was just LB, LGBT, and then there's a Q, and then there's probably the rest of the alphabet before I die. Uh, blacks, browns, Muslims, Hispanics, all those people. And then they break them down in these categories and they put you in this group. And then they sit there and tell you that each group has a problem. And with just, you know, the LGBT is a, is a good example right now, that you had the LGBT. Well, I feel like the LGB, LGB B. and the Q has disappeared. And now we're focusing on the T. Mm. It's all about the T. Well, that's right. I mean, that's, that's the point I was getting at is I mean, it was, it was a gay marriage. And then they got gay marriage. And then that group really didn't have anything else to fight about. Yeah. There's not really a right that, that, that they don't really have. They're going to sit there and tell you that you don't have these rights and you don't have these equal rights, and that's a lie. So they took that group and then they subdivided that group and now the transgender. Now the transgender suddenly aren't, uh, you know, aren't allowed to do this and that and they don't have the same rights and they're, they're marginalized and blah, blah, blah. The word marginalized is thrown around quite a bit in the Democratic Party. And that's that's a that's a uh, a tactic to divide and then subdivide, and these elite people keep their power because they divided you into categories, they made you a victim, and then they take sub victims out of that category, and then so on and so on and so on. So what happens when transgender people get so-called equal rights that they don't have? Then what's the next group? Is it sex with children? Is it pedophile? That is, Which that is, is absolutely a the next. It the is. Next. That is absolutely the next movement, and I'll just say this that. Uh, he said equal rights. These people do not want equal rights. This victim class, the LGBTQ, the blacks, Hispanics, Muslims, or whatever, they are not just creating a victim class, and they don't want equal rights. And I think that's a, that's a point that we need to drive home more than anything, is that they throw around these, this, these words like tolerance and equality and equal rights and equal pay and blah 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 and equal 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 they do not want equal rights they want 
a special rights. They want a special class of citizenship. And that's what they're trying to create with these different victim groups is that they're not equally treated under the law is that they have a special category under the law. That they are a special class. They are a special protected class of people. And that's what it's all about. That's what the Equality Act is all about. That's what equal rights is all about. It's not about equal rights. It's about a special class, special rights, that they are protected under the law. And, I mean, uh, affirmative action has been around for years and years and years. That creates a special class of people. Affirmative action creates a special class of people. Well, how, how do you see it and... I mean, take take black the you know blacks for example, uh, and we'll probably get into the story of our the you know we'll go back to the Confederate statue probably the, the the thing that we protested there in Chattanooga. But for years you've told black people that that you can't do certain things, you can't achieve certain things because the world is stacked against you, and you perpetually told. A group of people for years and years and years the same thing. You're but black. Yet there are black people who have achieved. There are. There are black people, even if you go back a hundred years or you go back a hundred and twenty years or a hundred and fifty years. I mean, you can there go are back black to black people that have achieved. You can go back to the days of slavery, and you have Frederick Douglass, who achieved. He achieved. He achieved. So he. Despite all of the so-called injustice, and I'm not going to—I'm not discount slavery as you know. Slavery existed. Existed, and and that's something that we have to acknowledge that it existed. It, and it, and slavery it existed, existed. Let's just say this: slavery existed. Slavery existed in Europe. Slavery existed in America. Slavery existed in the Caribbean. Slavery existed in Africa, and slavery still exists today. In the Middle East. In the Middle East. And sex slavery is one of the largest industries in the whole world. Exactly. Slavery exists today. People of all colors have been subjected to slavery throughout their lifetime. The Irish came to America. They were, ridic they were ridiculed. They were given... We could go back to the Roman Empire. Yeah, the Roman Empire put poor people in slavery... They serve the rich. They serve the elite. The same thing in Saudi Arabia and in the Middle East. To sit there and say that this is a one-sided issue is a farce in history. And they're taking advantage of these people who don't want to do the research and saying, oh, poor pitiful me. But, I mean, go back to the time when, in uh, a few years ago when uh, we protested the taking down of the statue in Chattanooga of a Confederate general who nobody knew anything about, but I think we'll just skip ahead to the most prominent issue in that matter, was that they the, the group that was protesting the statue took black children, put them up on top of the statue because the media was there and they needed the attention, and what gets more attention than the poor, pitiful the children. children. Yes. So they put the black kids up there and they told them because that statue sit there on that lawn that nobody even knew who this guy was, those kids were doomed from the start. You were doomed from birth from ever achieving because of the color of your skin and that statue. What a daunting, depressing fact to give to a child at an age of four, five, or six, seven years old. Yeah, they were. To give that. I, I could not imagine my parents telling me, you're a white kid, 
and you will never ever do something because you're a white kid. Yeah. You know? And to tell those this those, is this is not white people telling black kids this. This is black people. This is the NAACP telling black children that they cannot achieve because they're black. And that's racist. Is that's that racist. You're black and you that can't do nothing because you're black. Because You'll you're never black. get an education because you're black. You'll never have justice because you're black. You'll never have a job because you're black. That is sitting there saying that black people are subpar. Do you know what they're? Else. Do you know what they're telling? Do you know what they're telling those? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out something here. You know what they're telling those black kids? Whites only. Whites only. That it doesn't matter in society. Whites only. Whites only whites get only. justice. Whites only get jobs. Whites only get government benefits or, or protection. That uh, is Jim only, Crow. That's Jim Crow. You're black. You can't do it because you want those people to feel victimized, defeated. And you want to you want to make them victimized and defeated, and then you want to create a savior. I am thirty eight years old, and I've never seen a white person in my lifetime tell a black child you can't because you're black. Never, never in never. my life. And we're in the South. And we're in the South. I grew up, and 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 as well as Michael. And I'll just say this about the statue: I lived in Chattanooga my entire life. I lived in the Chattanooga. I lived thirty minutes from Chattanooga my entire life. And until we, until the controversy over this statue came about in 2017 or 2018, I never knew that statue existed. Never. It was there. You seen it, but you never knew who it was. Never, never knew, knew it. it never knew it mattered. But they had to jump on the bandwagon that was going on at the time. Charlottesville and. But I mean, uh, look at our situation. And and these the white privilege doesn't exist. So get that out of your head. White privilege does not exist in America. I'm sorry. That's just another term to make you feel sorry and marginalized and victimized so that these people can get your vote and stay in power. Because I'm going to tell you what, Ocasio-Cortez and uh, Miss Presley and uh, Rashida Tlaib and uh, Elon Omar, those people are not marginalized. Those people did not just win out of some uh, you know, whim. They, they have forces behind them that put them in place. Yeah. And what, okay. when, when, when is the last time you've seen a Joe Blow plumber run for Congress and can afford it and win against an incumbent that has packs and money behind them and they, they have a grassroots campaign and they win? They do. Uh, it, doesn't all, it doesn't happen. Well, I can't speak to Congressman Presley, but um, uh, uh, I know the, that it's been in the news that... Uh, AOC, she definitely had pack money behind her, and she's also under invest or she has been. I don't know if she still is. It's probably been swept under the rug by now, but she was under investigation for um, for campaign money for campaign fraud, fraud, the mishandling of mishandling money. of campaign funds. Well, and, and and to get back to my point, a little background with us, where me and Michael both. We grew up in in, in uh, we're white. Uh, we're white. We're white men. We grew okay. up in the South. We grew up uh, with mom and dad. Uh, you know, luckily our, our mom and dad stayed together. They weren't divorced or anything like that. Uh, mom was a stay-at-home mom. Dad was a worker. Uh, dad worked in factories. Dad was in the military. Uh, my dad. Uh, worked all his life. My dad had uh, a medical injury in the mid-80s when we were young. Kept him out of work. 
we didn't get government assistance. We made ends meet. My dad was out of work for several months. But all through my lifetime, we grew up poor. It grew up in the fact that we eat mayonnaise and ketchup sandwiches just to make, just to have something to mm -hmm. eat in that time. Yeah. But my dad continued to work. He strived to get a better job. He kept striving in his job to provide for us. We always had food on the table. We always went to school in decent clothes. And no, at no time did my parents say, we're poor, and there's rich people out there, and we're poor, and you can never make something of yourself. They never told me, don't go to college because you're poor. Don't go to school because you're poor. Don't think you're going to get a good job because you're poor, and you're never going to be able to achieve that. That your life is somehow uh, resigned to a factory job, and you're never going to be able to get any other kind of job. You're never going to get an education. You're never going to have a house of your own. You're always going to have to rent from somebody. You're going to have to be on the dole of the man. You're going to be on the tit of the government. And I know my parents never said that. I'm pretty sure Michael's parents never said that as well. My parents never said that. And I thank mean, God thank my God. parents never subjected me to this victimhood. They said, go to school. Work hard. Earn a living. Do better than we did. Go out there and make a life of your own. And by God, I did just that. And I am better off today because my parents instilled a value in me to go out there and achieve something. And it wasn't, and, and racism and poverty are the same thing in my opinion to date because they, you sit there and you victimize the same people because I don't think that in today's world that because you're black or brown or green or red or black or whatever that you're somehow pushed to the side and you can't do nothing. And that's the same as back then, even the 80s and the 90s. If you wanted to say, I'm a victim and I'm never going to achieve anything, that's the same. I could do that today. I could say the world's stacked against me. I'm just a Joe Smo in the middle of nowhere and I'm never going to do nothing with my life. And I could give up. I could give up striving in my career and I could give up today and I could just go back to being depressed and sad and forget about it all and say, you know what? A McDonald's job is the best I can do and I'm just going to deal with it. There's nothing out there for me. I can't do it. It's like it's like a kid riding a bicycle. I can't ride it. I'm never going to be able to ride this bicycle. But you don't know until you get up on the bicycle and you have a couple falls and you finally figure out how to ride the bicycle. It's the same in life. Don't tell kids the color of their skin that you're a perpetual victim. You're a perpetual victim for the simple fact that the Democratic Party needs you to vote for them. Because the Democratic Party, oh, AOC, Elon, Rashida Tlaib, and Presley are supposedly going to be your saviors. And they're no different than the, the uh, predecessors before them. They have changed nothing in society for the black community or the brown community. Nothing's changed in immigration. Nothing's changed in black communities. Nothing's changed in the ghettos. People still live in the ghettos. The projects are still riddled with crime. Mm -hmm. Nothing's changed. They tell you every election cycle, we're going to get rid of poverty in your neighborhood. We're going to get you out of those... Since hoods. LBJ. Since LB, LBJ. The war on poverty. War on poverty, which is basically, hey, the government. The, the government's got sixteen teeth. Line up and get up, get your mouth on. One and there are some statistics out there that say that poverty was actually decreasing when LBJ uh, implemented his war on poverty, and ever since the war on poverty has been implemented, uh, poverty has increased, which is. Uh, I'm sure if you research the statistics on 
the war on drugs during Nancy Reagan and um, Ronald Reagan's uh, administration that you could see that uh, uh, the war on drugs hasn't eliminated drugs at all. It's probably increased and exploded the prison population. Right. So, to kind of get back on point, uh, to go back to the the rally that Donald Trump had the other night with, in North Carolina, the crowd chanted, send, send them back. Send her back. Send her back. Send her back. Uh, referring to Elon Omar, uh, a Somalian refugee, refugee that yeah. came to America. Uh, so, we, me and Michael had a discussion, and is... Is the is the phrase "send her back" a racist phrase? So, let's look at definitions of racist. As a noun, a racist is a person who shows or feels discrimination, or prejudice, or prejudice against a person or people of other races, or who believes that a particular race is superior to another. And as an adjective, racist means uh, showing or feeling discrimination or prejudice against people or other races, or believing that a particular race is superior to other. So, is is the fact send her back a racist remark. What's your thoughts, Michael? Um, I personally don't think that send her back is a racist remark. Um, I feel like that in my lifetime and my encounters with different people, that the sentiment of the American people is if you don't like America, go back where you came from. And uh, the fact that Donald Trump didn't condemn this chant right away doesn't mean that he's racist because I know that that people who come I, I okay well let's just talk about the squad or let's just talk about let's just let's just generalize it and talk about a communist or a Nazi we'll we'll talk about Nazis so um, Nazis discovered NASA, by the way. Nazis, um, von Braun, Werner von Braun. Well, you don't get ahead of yourself. I, Save I it for the I, moon landing. I won't get ahead part of this show. There was an operation after um, after World War II called uh, Project Paperclip that brought in all the Nazi scientists from um, Germany, and Werner von Braun, who was a lead scientist for NASA was a Nazi and the Americans brought him over so that's a caveat and we we yeah. ironically live an hour away from the Von Braun Center we, in Huntsville, in Alabama. Huntsville Alabama the Von Braun Center anyway um, so let's just take Nazis for example uh, if there was a Nazi say there was a huge Nazi population in um, in uh, Minnesota where uh, Ilan Omar is a congresswoman from, and they elected a Nazi congressperson. And all of a sudden, this Nazi congressperson came in with all this uh, uh, Aryan Nazi ideology. And they wanted to fundamentally change the United States to make it Aryan, to make it Nazi, to make it 19... 38 Germany, 1944 Germany. Would we be having this conversation? No, absolutely not. 
And that is what they are trying to do. They are trying to fundamentally change the United States. They are trying to, their, their attempt is to fundamentally change the United States. So send her back. So let's go back to Nazis. So if there was a Nazi trying to fundamentally change the United States or trying to change the Constitution or, or saying that America was garbage because black people or brown people or Mexican people or whatever other people were, were taking over the government um, and somebody said send them back, if you don't like the way America is and its diversity and a melting pot and a salad bowl or whatever, whatever sociological term you want to use for it. And you said, if you don't like America the way it is, the diversity of America the way it is, go back where you came from. Go somewhere white, like the Netherlands. Go somewhere, go somewhere where everybody's white. You know, would that, would you consider that racist? Probably not. Because we have all been, we have all been taught, we have all been socialized to believe and to think that Nazis are bad, that white supremacy is bad, that honestly any kind of supremacy is bad. And if you look at Islam, Islam thinks that they are superior. Islam is a racist, um, I hate, I, for lack of a better term, I'll call it a religion, but it's really not a religion, it's a form of government, it's uh, social control. And uh, somebody said something uh, to me the other day, and they were talking about Sharia law. And they said, Sharia law is not for the Muslim, it's for the infidel. And I was like, that is absolutely right. That is absolutely correct. And if that is not, if that is not racism, I, I don't know what is. That you have a special law for the outsider, which the outsider would be the infidel. And the insider would be the Muslim. So if you if you look at it in those terms and you change around who is saying these things or who is trying to fundamentally change America, then send her back or get rid of her or shut her down um, would not be perceived in the same way. And I honestly I honestly think that you know, the vast majority of, of American people who voted for Trump, who want Trump to be president, these are the kinds of things that they're thinking. If you do not like America, go back where you came from. Go to Venezuela. Go to Guatemala. Go to Guatemala. Go to Somalia. Go back uh, to Central America. Go back to these places and try to change those places. Don't come here and try to make those places Somalia. Don't try to make them Guatemala. Don't try to make them Honduras. Don't try. Don't come here to America where we've had a, an established government, an established constitution for over for over two hundred years, and try to change us into a communist nation. We don't want that. We don't want you here. We don't want Bernie Sanders. I thank God that Bernie Sanders has the right to say and to spew his ignorance and his garbage that he spews. Oh, excuse me. Garbage is racist. I can't say garbage. But uh, to spew his garbage and his, his communism, socialism, or whatever 
that he's trying to spew. Thank God that he has the right to, to say what he says. But you know what? We have the right to say what we want to say, too. And that's the one thing that, that really pissed me off about uh, Chris Wallace on Fox News this morning. Because he advocated. And he was, he was behind the squad saying that they have the right to say whatever they say or dog or trash America or whatever, but Trump doesn't have the right to say it. whatever Trump says is racist. Whatever they say is the First Amendment, but what Trump says is racist. Now, if that's not a double standard, I don't know what is. I, I agree, and um, I mean, I, we, we talked earlier about this. What, what makes it, what, what about send her back is racist? If I said send a German person back, is that racist? Because they have white skin, or is it the fact that oh, uh, Omar has brown skin She's that you brown. can't challenge anybody with brown skin in this country without trying to be labeled as a racist? Because I, I'm with you. The underline Chris Wallace wants to argue about policy and 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 go on about that 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 this that they're trying to argue policy that oh Omar oh, AOC and the three are trying to argue. A policy and change policy, and I and I have to disagree wholeheartedly with him on this fact. That like yeah. you brought up, they're not trying to change policy in America. They're trying to find uh, change the fundamental way in which America operates. And I'm with you. The average voter, the average American, is wholeheartedly saying, if you don't like America, you don't like the Constitution, the way America's been for 200 plus years. Uh, how we operate, go back. Get, get out. If we're so horrible that you're appalled, go back to Iran. Go back to Somalia. Go back to Middle Eastern countries and see if they give you one quarter of the rights you have to spew the crap that you're able to spew here. And I'm with Michael. Thank God we live in a country where these four plus Bernie can sit here and spew the garbage that they they can spew, they but thank God, life. but thank God, I have the opportunity to don this microphone and speak just the opposite, and may the best man win their argument. Yeah, but you are trying to fundamentally change in which the way in which America operates and the government in which it uh, is bestowed upon. Well, I just use this as an example of the double standard. You know, I had never in my lifetime the OK symbol. The A-OK, -okay, the, the... With your hand. With your hand. The circle, the circle with your index finger and your thumb. I'd never in my lifetime heard or knew that that was a white supremacist symbol until Donald Trump was running for president. Yeah. And I was banned from Facebook because I posted... My profile picture was me and Jack... With a cutout of Donald Trump making the OK symbol with our hands. And so I, I, I assume somebody reported me as a racist or whatever. Hate speech or something. And I was banned from Facebook for that picture. And Facebook would not allow me to repost that picture as my profile picture. Every time I posted it, they took it down. Or they shut my... my um, profile down again 
So eventually, I just decided, well, I'll I'll take a, a note from the book 1984 and post the dictionary of Newspeak, and that is my profile picture now, because that is where we're at. There is a new speech and a new speak. But anyways, well, well, the, 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 but the point of but the point the whole point of this and me rambling is that um, Jay Z. Beyonce, uh, other celebrities, Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga uh, Michael Jackson, Cher. Cher. There's all these pictures of celebrity and uh, celebrities and music artists doing this same hand gesture on in a picture or on film, and none of them are labeled as racist. It's only when Donald Trump made this hand symbol, this hand gesture, that it was labeled as a white supremacist, for the masses, was labeled as a white supremacist hand gesture. That is a double standard. Well, uh, let's just go, I mean, the majority of America uses Google. Uh, we, for this purpose of this show, we know that Elon Omar has made comments about 9/11. That some people just said something. Yeah, uh, she or down, some people. Some people did something. Some people. Some yeah. Some people did something. Well, no. They said something. You know, she downplayed it the hell out of it. Uh, you know, she gave speeches with Carr and all these other uh, terrorist uh, groups. So I did a Google search and I said Elon Omar terrorist and here are just a couple of the headlines uh, that we get examining Trump's claims about a representative Omar uh, o Omar's constituents proud to stand by her over Trump's racist uh, words fact check Trump's false claims about representative Elon Omar uh, Elon Trump falsely accuses Omar of proclaiming how great uh, Allah is examining Trump's claims about representative Omar there's nothing negative about Omar there's no comments that she's made that are anti-American you can't find it on Google so don't sit there and tell me that a quick Google search isn't trying to program America from one way to the other Trump bad Omar good Trump bad AOC good Trump bad Presley good Trump bad uh, Rashida Tlaib good wake up people and realize that Google and Facebook and Twitter are not your friends. They are not a platform for you to get your message out. They are a platform to censor. They are a platform to brainwash the American people. You have got to start thinking for yourself. And we go back to our first podcast of critical, critical thinking. thinking. Oh, Think God. for yourself and look between the lines. Once you wake up and you get red-pilled and you realize what is going on in America, you can't listen to music the same, you can't watch TV the same, you can't go on the internet the same, you can't have a conversation with somebody the same without realizing the programming that is going on. I did a search, let's see, I did a, social, a search with uh, Elon Omar and Carr, and I get the same report, the same, the same results here, let's see. Uh, with Kyer's backing, uh, Elon Omar targets the FBI terror database. Uh, she scheduled a headline of Carr fundraiser. Nothing, neg nothing negative about Carr. Misstates the facts. Omar misstates the facts about Carr's founding. Trump retreats a far, a far right British commentary. 
praising his attack so no more. So you're here again, you're sitting here and sensationalizing Omar and Ocasio as just victims. You put them in the victim category, and the human nature is to feel sorry for that the victim. Yeah. As a puppy caught in a storm drain, oh my God, my heart goes out. Get that dog out of there. It's the same thing. Wake up, America. These people are brainwashing you into trying to fundamentally change American society. We, we truly here at Project 45 believe in the Constitution. I believe in smaller government. Uh, one of, one of my, I'll say it again, one of my favorite quotes that I've, I've come across was Barry Goldwater, a government that is, is big enough to give you everything that you want is also big enough to take away everything that you have. And be careful what you give the federal government. We do not need Medicare for all. We do not need government in our education system. I mean, just the other day, we went to a local Walmart, and there's a there's a group of people outside stuff wanting us to stuff the bus for education for these kids. And they give us a list of stuff, and they wanted crayons and pencils and erasers. And I'm thinking, this paper is towels. stuff. Paper towels. Paper this towels. is stuff that schools should already have. Where the hell are my tax dollars going? Yeah. You want to raise property taxes on every community in America and say it's for the children, and then you have the audacity to sit here and tell me that I have to pay for kids that have pencils and paper and paper towels and erasers in school? If I pay enough damn taxes for you to provide that for the kid. And we didn't do that crap when we were kids. We had rulers that were passed out. Math time, here's a ruler. Here's a ruler. Here's a compass. Turn it in to the teacher when you're done. Here's a yep. compass. Turn it in when you're done. Yep. Here's some glue that everybody can play with. Yep. But now every kid's got to bring glue. Every kid's got to bring... The government has got their hand in your back pocket. Government has got their ears in your living room. Where's the money going? Where's the property tax money going? Where is the property tax going? That's that's the thing. Where is the property tax going? So if we're teachers want raises, administrators are making six figures in some in some areas, uh, five areas, figure yeah. five figures in in you know more rural areas. Where is this money going? Who teachers making forty thousand dollars a year? They make they work nine nine uh, months out of the year. They get the summer off. Well, they get paid. They're trying to make up. They they're, well, they're trying around. to make up for that two years or yeah. that two months rather. They're trying to make up for that two or three months that they're out and the and thing, but but you know, uh, the factory worker doesn't. The factory worker doesn't get to, to march around and ask for more money. The Walmart person doesn't get asked ask for more money. But I mean, if you like Bernie Sanders, you can all make you can all make fifteen dollars an hour. But if you're his staff, your hours are going to get cut. You know, you're going to make fifteen dollars an hour, but you're going to be working twenty hours a week, which is going to be the same as you working forty hours a week for for ten dollars an hour. Yeah, there's no difference. There's no change. There's no change. So, I think the I think the fundamental aspect of what's going on in America is that you're being brainwashed and you're being you're being told that things are racist and they're not racist. To ask somebody, you know, let's let's just boil it down to this, or to criticize. Well, let's just go here. If we live in Tennessee, and I I will I will stand against this fact that Tennessee has values and a way of life that is completely different than those that live in California. Oh, definitely, yeah. So, if somebody from California moved to Tennessee and let's just take away skin color whatsoever, but somebody from California moves to Tennessee, 
and they come here, which, you know, Tennessee is, is staunchly conservative, and we have a, 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 way, a way of life like I established. It's completely different from California. But they come here, and they say, hey, uh, I need you to change this about Tennessee, and I want you to change this about Tennessee, and I need this to change about Tennessee, so that Tennessee is like California. And that's not way I was raised and that's not my Tennessee values and that's not what I believe in as a Tennessean. So I say, well, you know, I don't want that in Tennessee. If you don't like Tennessee, you move to Tennessee. If you don't like Tennessee, you don't like the way Tennessee is and has been, go back to California. Yeah. Is it racist? No. Is, is that a racist that's statement? Racist. I say, you don't like no. Tennessee, go back to California. Cable news is so desperate to to get people to tune in. That's that's the that's the main thing, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. That's the main thing. Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, all of those people need you to tune in. They need you to be pissed off. They need you to be mad. They need you to be in some form of fear. They need you to be some heightened state of emotion that you tune in and watch them. Otherwise, they don't get paid. Their advertisers go away, and they don't get paid. So to sit here and say Trump's a racist and Trump did this and Trump's that and this comment's racist and oh my God, we got a racist Nazi president who's going to wipe everybody out of the world. The next thing you know, America's all white. Which he hasn't done. He has not done. He has not made, he hasn't done anything of the sort. He hasn't done any policy. And I know some, I know some, some T out of the LGBTQ is going to say that he, that he said that Transgenders can't serve in the military. Well, you're mentally ill. You're mentally ill. If you're a transgender, you're mentally you're ill. You're mentally ill. Somebody who wants to mutilate their body, somebody who has convinced themselves that they are not a man or they are not a woman to the point that they want to mutilate their genitalia is mentally ill. Exactly. So... So the answer to your mental illness that if I'm a man and I think that I'm a woman and, and the cure-all for my mental illness is to cut off my genitalia, do you tell someone who's uh, anorexic or bulimia who believes that they're fat when they in actuality they weigh 90 pounds and they think in their mind that oh I weigh a hundred I you know I weigh 250 pounds I weigh 350 pounds when in reality you weigh 90 pounds is the answer to say okay we'll starve yourself or get liposuction go ahead and get liposuction go ahead and starve yourself yeah if you believe you weigh 500 pounds then that's your reality so go ahead and starve yourself go ahead and get lipoband surgery go ahead and die from starvation because you in your mind think you weigh 500 pounds so if I think that I'm a woman, go ahead, cut off my genitalia. Go ahead and get hormone shots and injections and therapy. The fact of the matter is, you can't change biology. You're still a man. You're a man. Cut off your genitalia. Go get your hormone shots. You're still a man. Still a man. You're still a man with a mental illness that thinks you're a woman. I don't respect you. I don't think you have any... You have you have no more sympathy for me than a schizophrenic, a manic depressive, or anyone else with a mental illness. You have a mental illness, and to sit there and think that the cure-all is to feel sorry for you 
and to allow you to go get mutilate your body to some form or fashion is somehow going to cure you is false. And I think the, the suicide rate for those people are, are un yeah. unreal. So go it's ahead. not different. The statistics, that's what I was going to say. The statistics for the suicide rate um, for someone post or pre-surgery is no different. Um, so you can't say that the that the surgery or the hormones or anything like that are um, the cure-all because it is a psychological diagnosis unfortunately for the left or for the equal rights movement or the LGBTQ movement uh, the psychological diagnosis and I think in England or Europe somewhere in Europe I read recently that um, they've actually removed it uh, from the a diagnosis as a mental illness but in the DSM-5 I think is the most recent one um, the DSM-5 is still categorized it's still um, there as a mental illness uh, so gender dysphoria disorder is real and it's like it's the same it's the same type of diagnosis as uh, Jack was talking about uh, earlier as someone with bulimia or anorexia uh, 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 body dysphoric disorder so you believe disorder or whatever so you believe that you're something that you're not and unfortunately it's nurtured you know this idea that you're a woman or you're a man when you're actually a man or a woman um, is nurtured by society and says yeah you just be you you just live your truth you just be reality gender dysphoria um, just a quick Google search here is uh, the definition is the distress a person feels due to the birth assigned the gender experience gender dysphoria are typically transgender so it's the feel because you've been assigned a gender no I'm just gonna say this no human being assigns a gender DNA assigns your gender when you are formed in the womb and you are formed um, as a male or a female if you have a penis you're a man if you have a vagina you're a female that is not assigned by a doctor at your birth that is what you are and you don't get to decide it as a, as a child either uh, I mean this this whole movement going on of trying to tell you know your child uh, let's be my child is gender, gender fluid, fluid or is, you know it's neutral. neutral it'll figure it out at some age that's child abuse it's child abuse it's it, it truly abuse. is it, it's child abuse in the fact that you're 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 telling a boy or a girl People, people grew up, at, you know, I, I dare say in any of, of our uh, lifetime, uh, you know, e email us at Project 45 um, if, you, if you have this experience. And, and I'll be the first one to tell you that you're wrong. Uh, you know, tweet us at uh, the project underscore 45. If, if you have a differing opinion than this. So go ahead and tweet us. I grew up a male child. 
my parents never interfered with my sexuality whatsoever. They never sit here and try to tell me, oh, we just want you to explore your 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 sexuality and become the sex that you want to be. Uh, I grew up uh, with male role models. Uh, I grew up with female role models. But I also grew up liking certain things. I liked G.I. Joe's. I liked Tonka trucks. I liked Hot Wheels. I liked cars. I liked bicycles. I'm not going to say that I didn't play uh, things that were not masculine. I played house with cousins and friends that were girls. I played house. I took on the father role. I played with the dolls. I was the father role. I, uh, we played store. We played school. We played things that weren't necessarily masculine for the, for the time period that we grew up. And it wasn't discouraged by my parents because that was normal roles. There was a father, there was a mother, there was a kid, there was a family. Those are things that we played. We played house with, with kids. We played house with female children. You know? But in the end, we all had certain roles because that's how society has got to function. You have to have roles in a working society in order for it to function. I'm not going to sit here and get to say that women should be should be you know, push to the side that they have to have certain things. But how many children do you see that are in fatherless situations or motherless situations that don't have the same advantages as, as parents that are together? And that has to be taken into account for something. Oh, you know? and there's a lot of black conservatives. There's several black conservatives out there that do talks on this and talk about the lack of black fathers in the homes and the rise in poverty and the rise in uh, crime and blah 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 and um, I think the lack of a father in a home and that goes back to the war on poverty uh, when uh, during the LG LBJ administration when they said that you could get the government benefits but you couldn't have the father in the home and they eliminated the father from the home and the black communities and the projects and all this and all that and then the crime escalated and fatherless homes you know, it's, I feel bad for um, any home, white, black, brown, Hispanic, Latinx, or whatever it is, um, black, that don't have a father in the home. Because a father in the home is definitely a necessity. Are, are you going to sit here and say in this podcast that that black people don't have fathers in the home and they're the only ones with that problem, that's false. No. We we live in a very rural community and I, I promise you, I've seen it as a law enforcement officer in these communities. When when I hear the word white, white privilege, I want to vomit. Because I, I look around and, and this is a predominantly white area. It's a very rural, predominantly white area. And I see people living in squalor. I see people living in places that I cannot believe that these people are living. And there are children in there. There's children, there's white kids with diaper rash. There's white kids surrounded by drugs, alcohol, sexual abuse, uh, domestic violence. People, uh, kids living with animal feces, human feces on the floor. 
uh, no roof on their head, holes in the in the floor, holes in the roof. There's not four walls on their house. Their house is falling in. They don't have anything. And you sit here, you're gonna tell me that this just limit that this problem is limited to one race. I'm gonna call bullshit. Mm-hmm. Is it lopsided? Maybe, but is it a one race problem? Hell no. So don't sit here and discount the fact because you're you're sitting here and making it a one person issue because you're going to sit here and assume that white people are going to go vote Republican because that's the white person's party because you've programmed people to say Republican white person party Democrat oh that's everybody else. So I need to get the black people angry. I need to get the brown people angry. I need to make them angry and pissed off and make an, make an enemy, which is going to be the Republican Party and white people, and say, hey, we are the party that's going to help you. But you've never helped these people. You've never helped them since the time of Lincoln when you tried to enslave them. You've never helped them in the 1950s and 60s when you tried to keep them segregated in schools. You never helped them in the 70s when you continued to keep them segregated and demanded that, that the white person in the Democratic Party was the prevalent white power of the party. And you didn't help them in the 80s and you didn't help them in the 90s when Bill Clinton was the great white hope that was going to come in and change everything. He incarcerated more black people than any president prior, I believe. It, it, it's not. He, he made a damn good try at it. Barack Obama was the first black president who was going to be the savior of black people, but yet he did absolutely nothing for black people. He did nothing for gay people. He didn't even pass gay marriage. No. He didn't do anything that he said he was going to do. There was no hope and there was no change. The only change he gave you was the fundamental change in how America operated from a capitalist constitutional society, a republic, into where we're at now, which is headed to socialism. If you don't wake up and you don't get active in your community and you don't fight these people where you need to fight them. And I'm not asking physical fight. It's an intellectual fight because I guarantee you it doesn't take much to win an intellectual fight with these people. Nope. Get out there and challenge these people because these people have told you they're going to help these people forever and ever and ever, yet you still have predominantly black people living in poor, crappy neighborhoods. The same white people that get up every day and say the Democratic Party is a working man's party, the poor man's party, those people that still vote that are white, that vote for Democrats, are still poor, pissed off, and in the same shithole as the, as the black people are, or the brown people are. Well, I would vote out half the Republicans that are in office right now, if it were up to me. And I'm a, I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. I'm, I, I love America, and I love the, the morals that the, the Republican Party stands for. But the Lindsey Grahams, the Mitch McConnells, the career politician Republicans, I would vote out in a heartbeat. I would get rid of them. I would wash the uh, the legislature clean of them because they're they are self-interested, and I think that's where we're at today. Is that most of the politicians, or I won't say most, I'll say the majority of the politicians that we see today that are elected, that have been there for, you know, one year or 20 years are self-interested. AOC is self-interested. Ilan Omar is self-interested. And we can see that AOC is self-interested because she did a fake photo shoot with the $600 watch for the, the uh, detention centers. 
So to say that she's not self-interested is is a farce. She is absolutely self-interested. Well, she's she went from I can't afford to live in Washington D.C. to there's no question I can live in Washington D.C. There's no question I have a, I can have a six hundred dollar watch. There's no question I can have a thousand two thousand dollar suit. There's no question that I have all these authority. I mean, you go to her district, and the people are are pissed off at the fact that she's basically raped them of jobs and opportunities. Exactly. So these people, in a socialist society, someone has to control the resources. The people that control the resources are going to ensure that they have adequate access to those resources. Then the rest, if any that's left, will get dully down to the rest of us. That's evident with Bernie Sanders. He's advocated for $15 minimum wage. He didn't pay his staff $15 minimum wage. He gives his staff a $15 minimum wage. He cuts their hours or restricts their hours. Yep. And that's the same. If I own a, a mom-and-pop store in your local community, and then the government tells me that I've got to pay you $15 an hour, I, I quite possibly cannot, with my income and my intake through that business, compete with a larger business nor could I sit there and hire the same amount of employees to get my job done because I'm forced to pay $15 an hour. But at the same time, I may not be able to allow you to work 40 hours a week because I can't afford to pay you the $15 an hour for a 40-hour week. So I may have to pay you for a 20-hour week and dole out the rest of the work myself and eat it. So you're really strangling big business. You're really going to cut back... Small business. Or a small business. And you're really going to cut back uh, the the work hours that people have, you know, if is it really fifteen dollars an hour? If I worked forty hours a week for twelve to ten to twelve dollars, I get fifteen dollars, and then they cut me to twenty hours a week. Am I really making anything different? No. On paper, oh, I make fifteen dollars an hour. I feel good about myself. Thank you, Bernie. But hey, in reality, I'm working twenty hours a week. I'm making the same as I did when I worked forty hours a week. But I really could use that forty hours a week at Fifteen dollars an hour. Exactly. So fifteen dollars an hour at twenty is not making you better. You're still doing the same thing. Yeah. You're still struggling to pay rent. You're still struggling struggling to make the car payment, daycare, and utility bills. If you want to see what socialism looks like in a pop culture um, way, watch Hunger Games. I think Hunger Games is one of the most appropriate and um, well-illustrated versions of uh, socialism that we have in pop culture today. And I just want to say, just eliminate the whole gladiator-style Hunger Game aspect of it. Just eliminate that. Eliminate the games of Hunger Games and look at society. It's the premise. You have the you have District One, the capital, and the capital gets all of the resources, and the other districts work to feed the capital. That's socialism. That's socialism. So we've talked about Trump and his so-called racist comments to send him back, which is not racist at all. No, it's which it, he it, actually it, tweeted. Go back. Go where back. You came from. Go back. It was the it was the people in the rally that chanted "Send her back," which is still not a racist not comment. Not racist. 
I've said it. I, I've I've said it for years. I've heard my parents go say back. It. You go don't back where you, you don't like from. America. Go back where you came from. You go don't like America. Go back to where your people came from. And I'll just, I'll just you know, say if, this. If you're white and you don't like America, you come from Germany or Europe or England, you don't like it. Go you back. Like the, you like the Queen's rule. Go back to go back to England. Go back. Go to back over there. Go back. To if the you Netherlands. think America's shitty as an American, if you're born and raised and a white bread American, if you're a white bread American Tennessean and you still hate America, you don't think I hate this country. I don't like the way it's doing. And you you want to fundamentally. Your goal is to fundamentally change the way America operates as a whole. It's not changing a particular policy. It's changing America from a republic or a so-called democracy into this socialist, it's communist. It's not a democracy, but this republic, farce of a democracy, into a communist, uh, socialist-type state, which is completely the opposite of what we founded upon. If that's your goal, then if you're white, black, black brown, red, green, whatever... Go back to go over, or go back to where you came from, or go to one of these countries that are socialists, that are communists, and try to pull the crap that you're pulling over here. Write me a letter and let us know. Tweet us at project the underscore or the project underscore forty five. Let us know how your venture went over there in uh, Saudi Arabia as a white woman who believes in Islam. Well, that's what I thought was. I saw a meme that I thought was funny about. Um, when President Trump was elected and all the celebrities that said if President Trump became president, which thank God he did, but uh, that if he became president, that they were leaving the United States. Well, they're all still here. No, To my knowledge, the only person who's publicly left the United States, and I don't know if she left because of Trump or if she already had residence there, but is Madonna. But Whoopi Goldberg and everybody who said that they were going to leave the United States, they have not left. Because there's not. Do you know why? Because America is great. It's fantastic. It's big league wonderful. That's why they haven't left. They haven't left because America is the place where they have their celebrity. America is the place where they have been enabled to amass wealth of millions and millions of dollars from doing nothing, from talking on TV. You're a talking head on TV, and you say, if Trump is elected, I'm going to leave. You're not going to be a talking head on TV in Saudi Arabia. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, I, I guess that we're getting ready to close this out and turn basically turn this show over to Michael. Um... She has a very strong opinion about this. So, I mean, tweet us at the project underscore 45. Let us know your opinions on Trump and racism in America. Let us know what your own personal experience is, is uh, you know. Um, but uh, our viewpoint here at Project 45 is that we have to have we have to be able to have a discussion minus skin color. We have to have a discussion yeah. on America minus skin color. If we keep inserting skin color... And saying that whites can't talk to blacks, and blacks can't talk to whites, and blacks can't talk to browns, and browns can't talk to blacks, and so on and so on. Nothing is ever going to get done in this country. You've, you've divided us, and divided us, and divided us, and divided us. And Republican or Democrat, they're both guilty. The Democrat Party may be so, more so than one. But you keep on dividing us, and dividing us, and 
it, the end game is control and power. And nothing has changed in America for those that have voted for the, Demo the Democratic Party. The Democrat Party of the day is ideology. They are bankrupt. Policy-wise, they are bankrupt. They don't know any way of changing The Democrats things. control Congress. And what have they done? They've done nothing in the, they've done nothing in the nothing. two years that they've had power. They've done absolutely nothing. They've well, done nothing. One year, yeah. That, well, well we're, we're running on two. Nothing in the way of health care. Nothing in the way of jobs. Nothing has happened with the Democrat. No significant legislation has come out of this Congress. And just so, and just so that we don't seem uh, bias. I'll say nothing came out of um, the Republican duly controlled Republican Weak. legislature. The Republican Party the had a chance Repu to follow up on the elimination of Obamacare. And John McCain. Choked. Thank you, John McCain. You are an absolute disgrace. Yeah. For advocating for this for years and years to try to get elected, and when you have the actual opportunity to do it. Your thumbs down will go down in history as one of the most despicable acts of America. He traded. He traded to the Democrats just like he traded to uh, the Vietnamese. He did. He did. He's a war criminal. He is, and it is absolutely appalling what he done in America. Uh, so, shifting gears. Giving it to Michael a little bit. I'm probably going to be on the on the background of this one because this is Michael's baby. The anniversary of the Apollo 11 moonwalk in America. 50 uh, years. 50 years. Probably one of 50 the 50 years of lies and probably deception. one of the greatest, uh, you know, so-called achievements in American history. So we're going to play a little bit of uh, soundbite for that, and then Michael's going to going to take this show home for us. Of course, it's nothing but functional. Not functional in, uh, in uh, aerodynamic terms for the Earth, but in its own terms. And maybe it ought to look like an insect. You know, there are about 700,000 or more varieties of insects and bugs. They've got, uh, that's kind of like a carrier landing. Got and what you're listening to is 1969 video footage of the Apollo 11 landing. Which they weren't actually able to shoot firsthand. They had to get down on it and start walking around on it. Uh, we should be hearing from the uh, spacecraft now in about two minutes, and we're going to be tuned into Houston so that uh, we get any report they, they have. We have learned that the first reports come not by voice, but by telemetry. Uh, that is this high All the telemetry rate, uh, data information was sent down lost. to the computers, comes at thousands of bits a second, uh, and feeds into all of those monitor systems in manned space center in Houston. Uh, by that means, they know that uh, that the spacecraft is well, that it's uh, perhaps uh, that it's in the right position, and all that sort of thing. They'll be able by rapid computation to know also that the lunar module has properly fired uh, its descent propulsion system engine. And then maybe uh, two or three or four minutes after that, after we get that confirmation, we'll begin to hear the voice transmission uh, from the lunar module and from the command module as well. Insulation off the Mesa now. The Mesa seems to be in good shape. Mesa. You have to be careful that you're leaning in the direction you want to go, otherwise you. Uh... 
I'm watching the video and it doesn't even look right. Buzz is erecting the solar wind experiment now. Solar wind, of course, is not a wind as we know it on Earth there. That is something you feel against your cheek. It's a it's a flow of protons from the sun. feet this is. Because of what you have done, the heavens have become a part of man's world. And as you talk to us from the sea of tranquility, it inspires us to redouble our efforts to bring peace and tranquility to earth. For one priceless moment in the whole history of man, all the people on this earth are truly one. One in their pride in what you have done. And one in our prayers that you will return safely to earth. Thank you, Mr. President. Oh, and he's not it's a crook, great honor by the way. For us to be here Just throw that in there. Representing not only the United States, but and I look forward, all of us look forward to seeing you on the Hornet on Thursday. No cell phone technology, but he's making a phone call to the moon. Now, slightly over an hour and 20 minutes. Just a few excerpts of the 1960, July 20th, 1969, Apollo 11 landing on the moon. Uh, 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to Michael and his comments on the moon landing. But I'm just gonna say this: SpaceX cannot land a rocket. They can't launch a rock a rocket and land that sucker back down here. But in 1969, we had enough technology for Richard Nixon to pick up a regular telephone, transmit a signal to the moon, talk to astronauts on the moon, videotape the landing on the moon, transmit that video right back to Earth, and you expect us to believe that. Michael? Yeah, you expect us to believe that. I mean, we're we're looking at the moon landing in third person. There's two people on the moon, and we're watching the moon landing videoed in third person like a movie. I just want to... Th to put that out there for you to think about. But also, uh, to bring it into modern day, we have astronauts, we have space station, so-called space station astronauts, which I don't even think the space station exists, but that's a topic for another for another show. But we have, we have astronauts, um, we have scientists, we have space station astronauts that are saying that man can finally leave low earth orbit that they're basically implying that we've never left low earth orbit we have an astronaut that says that we would go back to the moon in a heartbeat but all of the data and the technology has been destroyed and it's a painful process to recreate that technology yet we have more technology in a smartphone than they had in Apollo 11. Explain that. Explain the Van Allen belts. How they say that you can't fly. The radiation is so intense that you cannot fly a spacecraft through those Van Allen belts. And you have an Apollo 11 astronaut saying we didn't know the Van Allen belts existed so they didn't affect us. It's ridiculous. The moon landing did not happen. The moon landing is another false flag. It's like the Gulf of Tonkin. It's like 9-11. Uh, it was something that needed to happen to establish American supremacy. The empirical supremacy of America. There was a space race going on. Sputnik had been launched. The Russians were ahead of us. So we had to do something to show the Russians or to show the world that we were far beyond what they could ever imagine or what could, they could ever think or what they could ever do. The moon landing never happened. So there's a Van Allen belts. Let's, let's just kind of get some excerpts of this video here on the Van Allen belts. The Van Allen radiation belts giant swaths of radiation around Earth were the first discovery of the space age in 1958. In August 2012, NASA launched the Van Allen probes to provide the most detailed picture of the belts ever seen. Within days of launch, the probes revealed a third never-before-seen ring of radiation that persisted for about a month. Scientists already knew the belts shrink and swell in response to incoming energy from the Sun but they don't know exactly how. The
the discovery of a new belt offers additional clues to map out the mysteries of the region and shows us that the first discovery of the space age can still surprise us. So they flew through a belt of radiation. And, and some scientists say that they would have needed a aircraft with a six feet wall of lead to fly through this radiation belt. A six foot wall of lead. There are modern astronauts saying that that um, that the spacecraft that is needed to fly through the Van Allen belt is too heavy to launch. This is 50 years after we supposedly landed on the moon that we can't go back to the moon. We haven't been back to the moon. We know, you should know as well as anybody does, that if, if you are conquering something, you're going to go back. If you conquer a con continent, discover a continent, if you plant a flag, you're going to go back. And we haven't been back. And suddenly we've handed over NASA to SpaceX, Elon Musk, and a private uh, corporation is now leading the industry in space exploration. And they cannot get a rocket to the moon. Unbelievable. No, it does, it's not possible. Well, I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there that whether we landed on the moon, the position of the flag, the, the flag waving, the astronaut. I, I've looked at a lot of video, and I have to say that there's absolutely some doubt there that we landed on the moon. Uh, it was a trying time for America with Sputnik supposedly being launched. We had to up, we had to one up the Russians, so we uh, we put together a hastily uh, uh, developed program. Uh, that supposedly put man on the moon. And I, I think there's a lot of videos out there. You're going to have to make that decision on yourself. And I think that's the thing. that you. This is a decision you have to research. This is something you have to research and decide for yourself. Because I can tell you all day long that we didn't land on the moon. And you're either going to say, oh, I don't know. Or you're going to get pissed off. And say, no, it's impossible that the government lied to us for 50 years and now they're making a big deal about the moon landing and the anniversary and they're telling us all over again that we landed on the moon and what a great uh, achievement it was for America and blah 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 and we landed on the moon and we landed on the moon but we haven't been back and all the data is destroyed and we can't find the data and the moon rocks that were given to the countries around the world have been tested and they're all fake fake that, I think that's the most telling thing is that why would why would we get rid of data from 1950s and 60s as far as our program and our landing on the moon? We we suddenly just got rid of that data. We've never had any inclination of going back to the moon. And America, like you but said, yeah, our natural instinct as human being is to explore and expand. And the fact that we've been to that we supposedly been to the moon. And we've never been back. We've never explored. We've never tried to make it. I mean, and there and there's gonna be there's gonna be people that are like, oh well, we've sent probes and we've sent rovers. 
to the moon to collect rocks no, we, and no, data. No, we're on rovers on the Mars now. Right. On Mars. So, it's... Ridiculous. We haven't been to Mars either. Right, we're, we haven't been There's to Mars. There's no rover on Mars. <laughs> it's, 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 it's insane. I mean, why would, why would NASA get rid of all that data? First of all, that's your biggest clue. Why is all the data gotten rid of? There's countless videos out there that show, and I believe it looks like it's, this thing has been shot in a studio. And Nixon on a phone, on a landline phone with astronauts in, in, in space, basically in, in real, almost in real time communicating in 1969 with no cell phone technology. Satellites were almost a new thing. I'm perplexed. And we can't replicate that technology today that we have trouble um, trying to get that technology uh, to be replicated. We're trying to get that technology. Uh, we can't even land a SpaceX rocket back down on the platform. And I, I mean... Oh no, they have CGI images. Of yeah, there's CGI images. It's, it's almost in incredible that the level that they, these people went to. They expect you to to think that uh, these people that went to the moon, uh, their stories all line up. These people, I mean, these people are not going to sit here and tell you the real the real truth. You're going to have to go out there and you're going to have to research it on your own and uh, come up with your own uh, conclusion. So, I mean, there's even video out there of, of astronauts saying, you know, that we've not left low orbit. You know, this is the first time. I think there's even... Even in, in Trump's administration with this aspiration of going back to the moon, I mean, why why we got to go back to the moon if there's no value to the moon? There's no... In 50 years, we haven't found value in, in the moon. In 50 years, we haven't found value in the moon. We haven't, we haven't found some military or, or, or you know, communicative uh, strategical input or, uh, you know, reason for the moon. To be on the moon, so I mean, don't call me. A there's a lot of those. There's a lot of those things out there. We're we're trying to look at Michael's trying to look at some video right now, um, to try to give you some clues on where to, to go. I'd go to the moon in a nanosecond. Uh, the problem is we don't have the technology to do that anymore. We used to. And this is a NASA astronaut uh, destroyed that technology, and uh, it's a painful process to build it back again. Are you serious? We don't have the technology. We don't have the, this is a NASA astronaut saying we don't have the technology to go back to the moon and it's a painful process to build it back. Yet we landed a rover on Mars. But we can't go to the moon? Bullshit. We never went to the moon. A questionable whether we went to Mars. I don't know what our I don't I don't know who the hell would want to live on Mars. I I don't know. You want to live. You would want to live on. You the want moon. to live in some. You want to basically live in your downtown mall. Yeah. <laughs> in some encapsulated city. On so Mars. I say all this about the moon to get you to question, and it's really not to denigrate any American achievement. It's to get you to critically think about what extremes the government will go to to lie to you. And why? Why would they lie to us? Will, what? They, will they lie to you 
as they did in 1969, but they lie to you to instill some patriotic nationalism, some superiority in being an American? Mm -hmm. Will they lie to you so that they can get uh, power? Will they lie to you so that they can allow Alexa into your home to surveil you? Will they lie to you so they can allow you to download Google and Amazon and Facebook and Twitter so that they can control you, that they can monitor your content, that they can monitor your likes and dislikes, that they can suggest your relationships, that they can suggest content to you so they can listen to you. Amazon has a $500 million CIA contract. Amazon has a contract that's in dispute in the court right now with another software uh, web hosting cloud cloud organization um, for the Pentagon. Why does a, a retail agency need cloud-based surveillance services? Why are there a push? Why do they have a contract with the CIA? Why do they have a contract with the CIA? And then Why two do years they... later, two years later, they came out with Amazon Alexa. And 2013, they got a CIA contract. 2015, they came out with Amazon Alexa. Explain that. Exactly. Why is Alexa listening to you? Why is your TV listening to you? Samsung. So here's the deal. Imagine this in a socialist country where Alexa is in your home. And everything is Everything racist. is interconnected. Everything's racist. And let's just say this. You live in your home. Everything's internet connected. The internet of things. Or you're, you've got a smart, smart phone. We've got off smart the rails. TV. You've got a smart thermometer in your home. Hold on. Thermostat. Stop. Everybody put on your aluminum hats. Yes. Yes. You've got a smart refrigerator. You've got a smart thermometer. You've got a smart phone. You've got a smart TV. Your house is completely and totally smart connected to the career. Smart refrigerator, everything. And all of a sudden, in the socialist Ocasio-Cortez world, Alexa says, Hey, you've used too much water. You've used too much electricity. You, you have argued with your wife today. You have done something that we have deemed uh, offensive, uh, hatred uh, against the Green New Deal, against the environment. And we are shutting your water off, we're shutting your refrigerator off, we're shutting your power off. We're calling the police because you and your wife had a disagreement. We, we, we've detected the, uh, an, uh, uh, an emotion in your voice. Watch that, Minority that said, Report. That suggests anger and hostility and a, a need for violence. And someone is going to come to your house and intervene before it gets to that point. It's Minority Report. It's the movie, Minority Report. Watch stop it. letting your phone dictate your life. Start letting, stop letting Alexa in your house. Stop letting Amazon in your house. Stop letting Google dictate. Don't do a Google search. Of the, oh, well, there's nothing bad about this person. Nothing bad about that person. Yes, there is. They just want to hide it because those people have an agenda. These are private companies owned by private people with their own political agenda. They're wealthy. They're powerful. They have a skin in the game. Watch out, because these people are out to get you, and that is ultimately the end game for them. We're going to wrap this thing up. We're going to call it a day. Uh, one thing that we are considering is going live on Facebook. Oh yeah, uh, that would that would require probably considerable makeup on our behalf. Yeah, makeup, makeup. Uh, but we're thinking about maybe next time going 
Facebook Live, Periscope Live, doing something live so we can interact with people to get away from this this you know remote podcast uh, platform that we're on. So if you like that idea, give us a tweet at the project underscore forty five. Like us on pra- uh, Facebook at the project uh, forty five as well. Um, be sure to share this podcast with everybody. Uh, we can't do Facebook Live and we can't keep the podcast going if we don't start sharing. And we realize that right now we, we probably don't have a lot of followers. We don't have probably have a lot of listeners. We're going to keep doing the show. We're going to keep saying our speech. We're going to keep reiterating maybe the same points a few times each week. Uh, but the election's coming up and it's going to ramp up and we're going to get really into this thing. Uh, but if if you don't keep talking about things, you don't keep things up, you don't keep people thinking, then free thinking, uh, critical thinking goes by the wayside. And that's the whole purpose of Project 45. Critical thinking in the end. Disagree or agree. And that's not what we're about. Just some interaction. Uh, the moon landing was a fake. Right, fake, Michael? Phony. Phony. Fake. Um, racism by Trump. Fake. Phony. Ocasio-Cortez and the Three Amigos, they don't care about you. They don't care about America. They care about their power. They care They care about control. They care about the elite having uh, access to resources. Because in the end, uh, the resources uh, will dwindle. Uh, the resources will have to be allocated. And someone has got to be able to position themselves to have access and to be able to divvy that out. Yeah. Uh, we started something last week with Michael... Uh, ending the show in a prayer for the nation. Uh, so we're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing that. We're gonna make that uh, a staple of this of this show. I think we went to church this morning and the preacher hit on a, a very good message about uh, being in the battle, being in the battle, and yeah. uh, not just a battle with Satan, but a, the the battle the the battle with uh, powers and uh, principalities. Uh, that we're facing, and right now we're facing, we're facing a great bit of nation. Uh, right now, the nation is going in a direction that a lot of us disagree with, and I think, I think we're really on a cusp of a battle. And that's what the the, the preachers talked about today. He talked about a battle, and it's not a battle in the sense that we're physically fighting each other. It's a battle for where we want to be as a nation. It's a battle for where we want to go uh, as a country. Uh, so keeping in that new tradition, I'm going to hand it over to Michael. We're going to do a prayer for the nation. We're going to say a little bit, and we're going to close this show out. Um, the scripture that the pastor shared this morning was Ephesians 6, chapter 10, which is, if anybody's a Christian... It's a pretty familiar passage, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. I want to read it to you. It says, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides. Put on the whole armor, the armor of of a heavy, heavy armored soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able to successfully stand against the strategies and the deceits of the devil and that's where we are today we have to be aware and able to stand against the strategies and the deceits of the enemy the devil 
um, the evil one. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against depotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness, against in the heavenly sphere. Therefore, put on the whole complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all to stand uh, firmly in your place, stand therefore. Having tightened the belt of truth around your waist, truth is imperative. Truth around your waist. Seek out the truth. D with everything you have, seek out the truth. The truth around your loins, and having put on the breastplate of integrity, and of moral uh, rectitude, and of right standing with God, and having shod your feet with the preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness and the readiness produced by the good news, the gospel of peace, lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which the spirit wields which is the word of god pray at all times in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty to that end keep alert and watch and strongly with strong purpose and perseverance interceding in behalf of all the saints god's consecrated people so my my message in this is to guard yourself with the truth seek the truth put on the armor of truth put on the armor of light don't just buy into what people tell you and pray pray for our nation pray for our president pray for the congress the senate pray for the people around you pray for your neighbors so we're going to pray right now just like the bible instructs us so father god right now in the name of jesus we come to you in humility and humbleness and we ask you for this nation that you've established just like our currency says just like our pledge of allegiance says one nation under god indivisible for liberty and justice for all and that's what we pray today one nation under you the one god liberty and justice for all not special groups not special rights for special people but one nation under god for liberty and justice for all that's what we pray today and that's what we ask you for and we ask you out there for all the patriots for all the veterans for all those who are serving in the military right now that they are covered with the armor of God, that they are protected in dire situations that they are in, in the war zones. Father God, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus that you send angels, that you help protect them from the enemy that they face, both natural and supernatural. We ask you for that right now. We ask you for the patriots of America, for those who support Trump, and don't support Donald Trump. We ask you for them to rise up and have a voice. We ask for the voice, not what Presley asked for, but we ask for 
the voice of Americans. Brown, black, Hispanic, Asian, white, uh, uh, European, anything, any race, any nationality, any ethnicity in this nation to stand up for the United States of America, to stand up for patriotism, to stand up for the Constitution and the Constitutional Republic that we are. We ask you that right now in the name of Jesus, that you give us all a urgency in our hearts, an urgency in our minds to seek out the truth and to know what the truth is. And God, I pray right now that everybody in the sound of our voice knows the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. He is the one true and living God. And I pray that right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that's our podcast for this evening. I want to thank Michael for, an, again, an awesome prayer. Um, I want to encourage every one of you out there to have what we've advocated for all along. Critical thinking. Independent thinking. Seek out the truth. Keep fighting the fight. There are forces out there that are trying to undermine the fundamentals that this country is founded upon. We're going to keep expanding this podcast. We're going to keep on trying to build our audience. We're going to keep on trying to get the message out there. Uh, I think next week we're going to try to maybe shoot for a Facebook Live program. We're going to try to uh, you know, include the audience. Uh, we're going to try to maybe hopefully engage some liberals. Uh, I know I follow a few on my Facebook page that we have some very heated arguments and hopefully we can get them uh, to come on this show and uh, argue those points. So we're working. Uh, we're learning the technology. We're learning the programs. So bear with us. Uh, if there's anybody out there that can you know, offer any feedback or there's any feedback that you want to give us, give us a shout out on Twitter. Uh, again, that's at the uh, uh, project underscore 45 on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us there. You can find us on Facebook at the same name. Uh, like us, share us, comment. Uh, you know, all that good stuff. So, I'm again, my name is Jack. And I'm Michael. And we're Michael. Uh, we're the founders of Project 45. We want to thank you again for tuning in. We hope you tune in next week. Uh, we're going to plan on this thing on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Sunday, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 o'clock Central Time. We're going to get this thing started, and hopefully we'll go Facebook Live. Uh, you can actually put a picture to the faces that, or the voices that you hear. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get this thing started and expand it. So until next time, have a good weekend. And our theme song is Elton John, Philadelphia Freedom. So enjoy that. Enjoy that. <laughs>